Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of Hitting Metal Tones with me, your podcast, Tony Evans. You're in for a treat this week. There's an interview I've just finished with Tony Simmerman, the um, founder of Knucklebones. Uh, this is a, a fantastic company um, based in California um, that make mus- handcrafted collectibles, music-based handcrafted collectibles, all around the heavy rock and heavy pop, uh, metal and punk and so on, and all the genres, really. Um, amazing, amazing story. His life is one of those ones that I'm sure you will all be envious of. I know that I finished that interview and, oh, man, what a life. Um so not only does he create some beautiful product, um, by the way, um, there is a for two weeks only um, from the product from the launch date of this episode. So sorry if you're listening to this in the future. There is a 10% off code. I will put it on my Facebook post the day of the launch. So if you want to get 10% off of any of the amazing Knucklebones products um, after the, you've listened to the show, do come over to the Facebook page and it will be there for two weeks. After two weeks, it will expire, as you would imagine. Anyway, this is an amazing show. It is a longer one because, you know me, I like a chat. Uh, he had so much to tell and so much to talk about. And in fact, we talked about for so much more afterwards that hopefully we might get him back in for another interview in the future. Um, but yeah, wow, what a guy, what a, what a life, what product. Um, I'm really, really going to get me some of that, I think. Anyway, enjoy the show. And as I said, pop to the page and the discount code will be there for two weeks. Thanks. Enjoy. I gotcha. Okay, so uh, Tony, how are you going? <laughs> Good. It's uh, uh, this is happy, um, hour, happy hour here on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Bloody cold here on Monday morning here. Whee! Oh, well, I've only got my Queen mug of tea there. I don't use. Got a got a pint to enjoy with you. I do love a pint. I do love a pint. I'm an Englishman. I would not otherwise. You know what I mean. Now, um, I'm speaking to Tony Simmerman from uh, Knuckle Bones. Uh, now, what, how would you describe your business, Tony? Is it Knuckle Bones memorabilia, Knuckle Bones? What would you say? You know, we're really a, 
we've, we're focused on high end, creating high end collectibles, but you know, we're a music merchandising company because you know, we don't do Thor and any other pop culture stuff. It's always music. We yeah, have yeah. Things around different product lines around music. So that that's what yeah. we say, but it's mostly high end collectibles that we do. Yeah. But we're the only ones dumb enough or smart enough to focus on music. Well, you've been doing it for 20 years now, haven't you? 20 years in a row. 20 years in a row. Un in a row. <laughs> I like to emphasize that. <laughs> for 20 years. Yeah. You're here, you're there. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And you're, based, you're, you're in California, aren't you? Mm -hmm. mm. So uh, we're just east of San Francisco, East Bay, the home of Thrash. Yeah, yeah. Nice. My daughter's coming over, going over your way in a few months' time, actually, to, to San Fran. So, that's that's out, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, the rain's hopefully getting to get gone here soon, and it's sunny California. Yeah, I've never been. I've only been to New York and New Orleans. I haven't been your side yet. So, way, yeah, way different over there. Yeah, it's way different. Wasps <laughs> down there, and Nola. Love Nola, though. That's. There's only, there's only one town like Nola, New Orleans. There's only one oh, of those. Man. And I was lucky to go there before Katrina, you know. I went back in the um, late it's, 80s. You know, it's, it's back now. The quarter's back. And yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a unique place, that place. That's a that's a, quite a mashup of stuff down there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love, like, blues and jazz and stuff. You go there and it's it's, like, it's everywhere, man. It's so but, fantastic. You know, that's where Ansamo's from. A, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. And you wouldn't know, I mean, listening boy. to him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, so um, you grew up with your father being the um, manager of the Kennedy Center, is that right? He was. So when I was, uh, I think it was about nine, he was uh, he was actually director of the Navy Band and joined joined up when he was, you know, right out of high school and was at like a retirement age, even though he was 30-whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, this job came up at um, a venue called Constitution Hall, which is uh, and it won't, it's about 3,000 seat um, concert hall. Yeah. And he was there for a little over a year. And then the job at the Kennedy Center came up and the Kennedy Center then was just, you know, had just been built and dedicated everything. So it was like the prestige hall. Yeah. It's certainly in the U.S., but in the world, you know, everybody wanted to play the Kennedy Center. He uh, he went from Constitution Hall to the Kennedy Center, I think, 72. Oh, good year. <laughs> 72. So imagine what's going on. In oh. But uh, so, yeah, the Kennedy Center was and, you know, both parents worked. So a lot of times it was just, you know, I had to go I had to go in with them to work. And well, uh, well, the deal was, yeah. And I mean, it's not rock and roll every night. Kennedy Center is, you know, every kind of every kind of uh, entertainment category you can think of. You know, the Bolshoi would be there, and you know, a, yeah. a great uh, musical. A lot of folk, a lot of and folk it, music went through Kennedy as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, jazz, folk, funk, everything. It, the place, the Kennedy Center's charter is you have to promote cultural diversity. Ah. So literally, you know, you just think, well, you know, it can't, you know, it's going to be the National Symphony all the time. And that was the home for the, the National Symphony, the U.S. 
symphony who was directed by an amazing Russian, but <laughs> most of the musicians were from America. And um, so in Washington at that time, was it, was it a smaller city, would you have said? Like, because it's a government town, isn't it? So was it like big bands coming to a smaller Certainly, I mean, every city now, is, you know, has grown up more around it, so it's bigger. But the city itself then, you know, the footprint of Washington, D.C. is not really that much different, you know. Buildings have come and gone, but mm. the the size of the District of Columbia is what it's called, Washington D.C. It's not actually a it's a place between Virginia and Maryland. I think the footprint of the city was the same same yeah. size. Uh, the Kennedy Center is right on the Potomac River. It's just it's an amazing building. Yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures of it. I have to say, I've, oh, I've heard live concerts recorded at the Kennedy Center many times as well. So, you know, the sound is. Pretty outstanding. Yeah, you know, that my uh, my dad would come in, and the, you know, rock groups would come in, and you know, they're used to playing beer barns. So they, you know, back then you didn't, you couldn't hang sound. It wasn't, you know, the technology mm -hmm. wasn't there. So people would just line up their PV cabinets or whatever. Yep. In a concert hall where you know I could stand in the Kennedy Center concert hall, you know, uh, you know, upstage, very back the hall and just speak in a normal speaking voice and you could tell what i was saying easily from the presidential box which is all the way in the back really? of the hall wow so he'd come in and he'd say hey dummies this is the <laughs> most beautifully acoustic perfect room in the world your back line's good you're going to be able to hear everybody's going to be able to hear yeah and you know back in in the in those days, you'd go to shows, but you often couldn't hear, right? That was, yeah, oh, so yeah. They were, yeah, we're making sure. <laughs> but he's like, this is, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was, so they'd stack, you know, cabinets three tall and just bludgeon everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens everywhere. I, we, yeah. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but, uh, you know. I've been to the Sydney Opera House, which is one of the most perfectly acoustic rooms in the world, and they've done the same sort of thing. And you go, what are you doing? <laughs> now, crazy. The, guy, the thing is, the guy at the board would eventually get it right, but it was bone-crunching volume. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm like eight, you know, nine, ten, whatever, and I wasn't allowed to go and have a, a seat when the show would go on. So what would happen is one of the stagehands would just, before the house lights would go down, he'd take out a chair and set it behind the cabinets. So my ear, I still oh can hear it. I'm right behind, now I'm behind the cabinets, which is good, but I'm still right next to, you know, 50,000 watts of power. Yeah. Uh, so when the house lights would go down, the deal was just sit behind the stack, don't move, don't, and wait until the head stage hand comes and gives you the thumbs up to, to get out, you know, to leave. Yeah, wow, because so, you had the big band, and that, back then I suppose it was the era of everything's bigger, right? So Queen and, and, and Motorhead and all those sort of mm -hmm. real bunches. So, um, he, you know, he knew early on that I was into, you know, I like a lot of different music, but, you know, I was into, you know, Sabbath, you know, when I'm in Catholic school and, you know, yeah. third grade. 
So he knows that, okay, if I say, you know, I like this band, it, there might be issues with the crowd, 1970, whatever. Yeah. So what he would do, he would come and ask, say, hey, have you ever heard of uh, Iggy and the Stooges? I love Iggy Pop. Oh, and he would go, okay, uh, have you ever heard of Todd Rundgren and Utopia? I love oh. Todd. Anytime I said I loved a band, they would never show up. And I'd say, hey, what happened to Iggy Pop? And he would go, oh, you know. They just, you know. So what he was doing, I found out, is you know, he was using me as the proxy. And if I liked it, he was oh. able to say, because you have to promote cultural diversity. So you can't, you can't just say, well, you know, this music's not appropriate for the Kennedy side. Hmm. We'd say it's a security risk. The facility oh. is at risk because these crowds are in trouble, you know, gate crashing and damaging seats and that. Yeah. 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 Just dumb shit stuff. So I'm like, okay, that's, I figured out what he's doing. So he comes up with the lineup. And this is 75, I guess. Have you ever heard of um, Queen, Kansas, or Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush? And I went, uh, what was the last one again? <laughs> Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush. Nah, I never heard any of those guys. So, all right, cool. They're booked. Oh, so you just going to say you didn't like them. <laughs> I sandbagged them. So the week, week before the show, he's like, hey, Dad, I want to go into the – I want to. Uh, it was Saturday, so I didn't have to go. Hey, I want to go into work with you. How come? Uh Queen's playing, right? And he's like, yeah. I thought you said you didn't know anything about him. But, you know, since then, you know, I checked him out, and there's a song on the radio, and, you know, I want to go in. And he's like, oh, God. <laughs> so he, called, he calls up the box office, like, okay, so what are sales for uh, the Queen show? It, what? It was like record sellout. It's, you know, this is before Kickatron and all that. Yeah. Shit. It sold out in, like, you know, an hour. <laughs> Queen's um, touring Queen 2, but Sheer Heart Attack album has just dropped, and they're oh. on that first U.S. tour in the, in the Bohemian Rhapsody film where they, yeah. they talk about near America. That's it. Wow. One of the clips. One of the clips is the Kennedy side. Wow. So that that whole thing happens. So Freddie and Brian are uh, stage right, and they're at the stage door, and that's this huge stage door, and they're jumping around, ready to go, and. A big, huge stagehand. His name was Bull, and he was. He looked like a bull. He's this big, hulking. <laughs> and he yeah. said, "Excuse me, fellas," and kind of moves him out of the way with my little chair. <laughs> I walk by Freddie and Brian. I'm like, "What the f- is going on here?" He goes and puts the chair out, and they can see me. The door's closing, and they, he, they're like, "They just set a little kid, and the door's closing." I can see their heads going, like, "What's going on?" <laughs> the house lights go down. Uh, they come out and it was Queen in 1975, I guess, and Kansas and yeah. Frank, Frank oh, Marino. I love what a lot of yeah. I mean, everybody's everybody's not what they're gonna be yet. They're all at that yeah that, that point. You know, from yeah. sheer sheer heart attack, it starts to get crazy, mm. and then Night at the Opera comes. But I mean. Queen does Left Overture after that. And, you know, two years later, Frank Marino's closing Cal Jam. Frank Marino's an arena act. But that was all right, right before they they kicked off. Of course, um, Queen used fog juice instead of dry ice for their smoke. That had oil resin on it. 
<laughs> that got on the pipe organ. $50,000 cleaning <gasps> bill. Holy crap. Needless <laughs> <laughs> to say, old dad didn't ask me uh, <laughs> about bands anymore. It's rock and roll, man. No, that is. <laughs> Yeah, wow. came in and uh, the fog juice thing came in, and all the states said, "Get that out of here." And they went, "Okay, yeah. we got we got dry ice machines, no problem." Yeah, fog juice would lay lower, you know. Yes, it would heavier. Yeah, dry ice would rise up, and you know sometimes it's getting away. Mm. So they did the sound check with dry ice, and then switched out. And... <gasps> <laughs> yeah, never forgave me for that. Because I've only seen Brian May one. I've got good friends of mine, very big Queen fans, and I only saw Brian May with Black Sabbath during the uh, Headless Cross tour, and I almost missed him. I almost missed him because I'd been drinking heavily, and um, I was like 17 and really like off my nut. And I got well, I've got to, have to go, and I rushed to the back of the the Hammersmith Odeon and the toilet, giving it one. And someone goes, Brian May's on. I had to rush out. <laughs> I almost yeah, missed. that's right. Because Iomi and Brian are really good, good, good mates. Yeah, they are. Yeah, because I mean, there's no one like Iomi. He's the like god, right? But Brian May. I, mean, I pride myself on just liking a lot of different stuff. And growing up in the Kennedy Center, right, I mm. got to see a lot of amazing stuff. So have an appreciation for all of it. Don't mm. necessarily like it all, but yeah. I think that sort of shows in your... In music, your... That's the band, you know. Mm. Well, music is music. you got to pick one. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. got to be Sabbath, I think. Yeah, I think so. I think for me, because it was my very first ever gig, it had to be Sabbath. Like, I can't... I can't. I mean, Maiden... I've covered it, tattoos with Maiden, so Maiden up here, but... But, but I mean, you know... Maiden's a decade later, right? So mm. I'm, you know, 1970, I'm like, you know, eight or whatever. I'm 61 mm. now. Mm. So I'm a little kid, and those first two records, I mean, nobody oh. heard anything like it. And no. parents don't know enough to, to, like, this sounds really depressing. <laughs> Why do you <laughs> like it? <laughs> what you gonna do? do. <laughs> when you first put it on, it is quite depressing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me happy. I don't know. I'm, a weird I'm exactly kid. the same. I'm exactly the same. I was just playing um, Volume Four yesterday. In fact, you know, so Volume Four. So there's a they dug. They were digging some old eight millimeter movies. So like movies with, that had no sound. Mm. But they were actually filmed. You know. Mm. Uh, and put them to video, and they're dragging them out, and it's the Christmas tree when Volume Four comes out. What's a seventy-three, I guess. Yeah. And they're painting the Christmas tree, and it's like, okay, baseball glove, dumb sweater, Black Sabbath Volume Four. And I'm like, wait, wait, go back, go back. <laughs> I make it rewind. Physically get up the projector and go rewind. Mm -hmm. Look at that, Volume Four. Volume Four. I was a cool kid. Now look, I used to be cool. No, no, you're still cool. You run a yeah. fantastic yeah. business. Now there's, now there's this. <laughs> I think this is equally as cool. I'm telling you now, honestly. Um, I no, I do. I look at your catalogue. Um, I was looking at the other day, and I was just going, yes, want tick, 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 tick. You know, like, find space for it. Find space for it. Find space for it. <laughs> we're, we're amazed that we just assume if if you like, you know, hard rock music, 
collectibles memorabilia, especially on the high end, we assume that you you know who we are because we're the only ones doing it for 20 years. But we still hear, oh, that's you just did Chris Cornell and I found your company. You're 20 years old. All the stuff I missed and, uh, oh. and it's like yeah, that's dude. There's not anything we can do about that. Once we retire something or it's sold out, it never comes back. We've never re-released anything. Mm -hmm. We never. I think that, but that's. I think that, to be honest with you, is one of the strengths of your business, because it is about ind individual pieces. And if you keep bringing something back, when's where's the cachet come? Where's I've got this early knuckle bones of Sabbath, whatever. And someone goes, oh well, these three releasing it next month anyway. And you go, well, but, you know, I think the the individual yeah, well, pieces. It's not the same. You know, there are there are people that just want it, but there's a large people who've been you know with us for 20 years who bought two of everything and they're the super fan that amazing warrior elite and that would really piss them off and we're not going to do that no it, well exactly right you've got to look after your, your um, I, I buy records from a company called waxworks records in the states they do soundtracks one-off horror film soundtracks and i'd hate i've missed some stuff because i just missed it and you mm -hmm. go and try and buy it on eBay or something like that, and it's like extraordinary. You know, oh my god, that's like three grand. No, I can't. Yeah, our know. stuff, our stuff, the price can be pretty aggressive, but you know, the the fans decide what Knucklebones collectibles are worth after that. You know, not us. Yeah, the work as well, though. We'll get into that. But I think the work involved is not easy. It's not a, a two minute job. You know, this no, stuff. Definitely no. not. <laughs> no, right? So, you know, the, the work you value is what you get for what you put into it, right? So you've been you've been over 20 years. What what got you into how did you get into knuckle bones? I mean, I mean, I've always been, you know, always been an artist and I have the you know, fine arts trading, TV and film, you know, education. So yeah. there's that, but you know, growing up. I'm the kid that loved, you know, cartoons were great, but anything claymation, anything 3D, uh, the original, yeah. the original uh, US TV shows from Rankin and Bass, and, you know, yes. those things. I was just a freak for that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that, it's just, you know, something I liked. And the category, you know, the 3D category for collectibles and, and even toys. Yeah, you no, know, plenty, plenty of coverage for pop culture, TV, film, comics. Nobody yeah. had really focused on music, and yeah, yeah, you know, McFarland did some really cool stuff with Kiss, and you know, some, you know, well, Kiss some, does it with lots of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is which is great, but you know, we, what we growing up and being super fans ourselves, we we know. There's audiences, yeah, they may not all be, you know, as big, but they're big and they're underserved a lot yeah, of times. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up building the Aurora model kits, you know, the Frankenstein and the werewolf and the mummy with my brothers, you know, because I've got much yeah. older brothers and they hold all the Aurora kits and all that stuff. And that's why I, I look at it, I go, oh, I, I see the, the quality in this stuff. Because I've, I've got an art background. I'm a sculptor by, by trade as well, originally. Mark and um, I could never. The detail of your work is so good, it's so nice. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, we we work we work hard at it. Yeah, and and so I one of the questions I always thought I'd like to ask is um, how do you get 
the big bands on side because I mean these are this is big contracts. I mean Maiden they're not you know because they won't just give their name to anyone. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we and we you know we didn't start with Maiden. So tw- twenty years ago we had the idea that you know if we make cool stuff where you know music super fans you know, there's a business there and you, know, mm. you could focus on that. So we we decide okay we're going to make a you know, a hand cast, you know, resin piece. So it's a collectible statue. Molds mm. are all made by hand. So we, we know the process that we're going to do. But then we have to figure out, okay, what is the first product? And if you, you think, okay, we're going to be a music focused company, that's not easy to figure out what to do. Mm. You know, first one, right? So we, the co- common sense would say, well, you know, called Beatles or Stones or, Jimi Hendrix or, you know, whatever. And, you know, we thought about it and said, yeah, we, you know, we, maybe we could get one of those people on side with us, but, you know, we're a new company, no products. Mm-hmm. But even if we did, you know, and we put the product out and it did well, did we really prove anything? It could have done well simply because it's the Beatles and, you know, anything you throw right, yes. with the yellow submarine is going to sell some mm. degree. But we're not, and we wanted to be direct to consumer. But 2003 is when we started, and that's about the time that people get comfortable putting their credit card in a yeah, internet explosion. Yeah. So mm. the whole idea of direct to consumer is just happening. So we put those two things together, and I thought, well, what if we did somebody like Randy Rhodes? Because we know there's we know there's Randy freaks. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Ozzy, but it's not Ozzy. And I said if we, and you know, Randy looks amazing, right? He's just such a striking, yeah, guy on stage. If we can do do that and have some success with you know a product launch, you know, we'll eventually get to the Beatles and you know some of the other bands and the Maidens. Hmm. Um, I think because we started there, when I went and had the second conversation with Slash and Zach Wild, they were like, "What wow. possessed you to start with Randy Rhodes?" And I, I told them the story, I just told you, and they're like, "You know what? You guys might not be so bad after all. So we'll we'll trust you with our image and likeness." Wow. Twenty years now, people know. Do what we say. We're gonna make we make the same effort on every band and artist that we do yeah yeah we're going to take good care of your image and likeness and legacy we're not going to do anything lame and everything's they have to sign off on everything everything's official because i've got this list here i just wrote it down i mean i couldn't believe this i'm having a read this right um so this is just obviously just the tip of the iceberg we've got pink floyd queen alice cooper metallica ozzy osbourne acdc iron maiden Scorpions, um, Black Sabbath, Guns N' Roses, Misfits, and so on. A Blondie, like I love the Blondie one, right? And that's just yeah, yeah. she's she's so beautiful. Oh, isn't she? <laughs> we all had that like poster, right? Childhood crush. Yes. Yeah, we all had Debbie's poster. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And if you didn't, you missed out. Now. Yeah. What's wrong with you? What's wrong Debbie with you? Right? And Fair, Debbie and Farrah Fawcett. Oh, I was only talking about Farrah Fawcett the other day to my wife. 
Um, well, you know, you got all those big bands, but you know, because you know, we 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 know we know, you know, we're the only oh, candle mass that's gonna take a shot and do something for the doom dancers around the world. That, saw, that's, what, that, that's what sets us apart right there. Yeah. We, we we know and love those those fans and that nothing's ever been made for them like this. And you know, we're That's amazing. Because I, I saw Candlemass in a at a really weird venue in North London with um um uh, cathedral and oh, nice. yeah and I bought I bought Messiah Marcone a pint and he's huge, like this massive man mountain. I gave it to him and he goes, dark, one thump off i was i was a poor student i couldn't buy him another one i said thanks and i walked off <laughs> no they, was, before they, um, they just came through uh they just did a bunch of dates here in the u.s and, and killed it they came through here and oh, we're right. in we're in town we went to see him and oh. hung out with Mappe a little bit yeah drinking a, a little bit too much wine had too much fun <laughs> so that's good that's right that's what it's about right that's what it's about. Fantastic. Now, with these figures, because um, I mean, we talked before, before we start recording, now people call them different names, like action figures, which they're not, um, and dolls, which they clearly, I don't think they are. Um, the, the the figures that you make and the in, individual pieces, they come with some beautiful backgrounds as well. So like, the, the the things they sit in aren't just on a plinth. You know, you get you get the full oh, thing. The, with the base design. Mm, yeah. yeah. We take great pride in that. You know, that's a from a you know a design standpoint, we look at that as an opportunity. Yeah? But we're careful not to overpower, because mm. that's mm. you know that's the important thing. But we do look for themes and things to support what statue is and what you know what the air is. Um, so we yeah we take great pride in that detail, and I think that's somewhat unique to us. I think it is because I was looking at the one for the for Merciful Fate, where it's a, the album cover on the wall. Where you can put it's coming out of the. Album. I think that is oh man, that is fantastic. Well, that's called three D vinyl. So we were about ten years in, and uh, we were out at some event, and then at a trade show, and like within two or three weeks, I heard had people come and say this: these things are so cool. I'm a super fan of this band. These are amazing, but I'm never going to buy any of these things. Huh? What? What? <laughs> <laughs> you lost me the, the last bit. I thought you just said you love everything, but you're not going to buy it. It's like, yeah. I've never bought a collectible statue or a bobblehead or an action figure or anything, and I never will. So it's not my thing. And we're like, man, we need we need to fig make something for that. Yeah. Because... Like I said, within the span of two, three weeks, you know, two people told me the same thing. And I said, you know what? The, 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 this, there has to be more people out there that mm. are saying the same thing. So what do, what do we do? So that was the idea behind 3D Vinyl. So we said everybody likes album art. Oh. So, uh, Tony you know, we decided what if we oh were to God. make something like this? And you know, the complaint was, you know, I don't have a place to display stuff. I don't have a man or a, a woman cave. Yeah. People were like, we'll do this for you, and you can mount it on the wall. See the that... back is, see how the back is etched? I don't know if I get the light to catch it. But yeah, 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 yeah. Everything wow. was gone and blackout. Tony showed so me this uh, beautiful And then chapter. we took it further and came back to it, and fans were like, but we love statues. 
So then we came up, you know, anything inspired by album art is 3D vinyl. Wow. So there's it's actually kind that's of a the whole, misfit, misfits. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's for horror business. And you know, the horror business records, just that really simple graphic thing. That was our that was our take on it. And then uh, with that same thinking, we did another product line, which we call on tour. So if you're at a show and any uh, any tour prop that uh, you might have seen, we put in the road case. This is what the Hell's Bell road case actually looked like. Yeah. All the tours, stickers are on there. The the tour itinerary, the, there's the set list from those tours. I don't know if you can see that on the camera. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, you know, we make the Hell's Bell. Oh, I mean, that... Surely that must be a huge seller over here in Australia. I mean, ACDC, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. yeah, I think that's your national, the national treasure there. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Those, are, those are the three lines, but the, you know, the one that is most popular by far is the, the rock icons line, which is you know, a moment of live oh. music. You know, so oh. this is Randy. This would be, this is um, uh, Blizzard of Oz tour. So he's wearing these these leather, leather yeah, suits. Yeah, he's not playing his V. Yeah, that's right. Right. But the V now the V's the V's there. I mean, mm. he actually has the V in '78. Nine Sandoval. Mm. Um, so this is our third statue with Randy, and this one we're getting. We haven't been big on color variants. That's a really popular thing in toys and collectibles to do. Mm. Right? Uh, is different. So in this case, he actually had a brown version of this suit at the same time. Mm. We're going to do a really small run of the polka dot in the brown leather and the uh, the white Jackson. The oh, Concord. Yeah. So there's only, there's only going to be 250 of those. Wow. Those, are gonna drop, those will drop in two or three weeks. They're, yeah. they're in they're on prototyping and, and painting now, but um, the family's family signed off on it. So those nice. will come. And that's something we haven't done a ton of. Um, we've done some variants. Uh, and with an addition number that low, that'll be, that probably won't stick around long. Is that is that because you also like to keep moving and changing and doing something different? Because if you keep doing yeah. the same thing. You know, I, I think if you're bigger companies, that's just, and you got a ton of people, you know, the, the one team will go and, and do the new stuff and they they have more hands maybe than they can kick out variants. I spent, you know, we spend the same amount of effort on a variant, even though you think, well, it's not that much different. It's still got all of the elements of a new project. So, uh, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? So, I mean, I must admit if, if I had, my choice and i could see all three randy's i'd buy all three randy's and that's the truth right you know you go oh, we know too because you know randy's you know randy's a rock star but randy's you know got the randy feet uh, freak uh you know guitar players mm. that know you know every technique every guitar oh. tuning they know what the effects pedal setup was you know they're just you know guitar players are, are gadget guys and you know those kind of things so the 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 Randy Free guitar players are going to be all over that. We haven't done anything with Randy and the White Jackson in 20 years. That was the first statue. Oh, so it'd be nice for a 20th anniversary sort of thing, huh? 
Diary of a Madman uh, era, Randy was our first. Oh, good up. Yeah. Yeah. I liked you. I'm actually met with Mrs. Rhodes. You know, we we went and said, this is, you know, we're a new company. This is what we're doing. We want to start with Randy. And uh, she, she got it and was very appreciative that we wanted to start with Randy. We met in the music school, Musonia. She was still teaching. She was still a teaching piano. So, I got there a little early, and she was uh, finishing a lesson. So I had to wait for to finish a <laughs> piano lesson. <laughs> Do that. Wow. Then, you know, Randy. I, I don't know if they have it there anymore because they they've had some. They had a burglary a few years ago, oh. but you know, Randy's stuff was just still there. A lot of pictures. One of his, like his first guitars was there. None none of the the Aussie era guitars, but there was you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, um, have you ever done a Stevie Ray Vaughan? Did you ever do a Stevie? That Stevie Ray Vaughan is one of those, um, Jimmy, you know, uh, controls everything with, you know, the brother's image and likeness. And yeah. it's just something Jimmy hasn't wanted to do. We've, we've, we've approached them. And, and that, that does happen. If mm. there's an obvious miss, there's only, you know, and, and you think, well, why, why would knuckle bones do that? Do they not like? One of the greatest blues players of all time. No, if there's an obvious myth, there's a reason for it. And yeah, I would imagine. He and there's two reasons. Either just we couldn't get the business side done because everything's officially licensed, and you know, it's mm. this is a business. We don't get to do pick and choose what we do. It has to be official. Um, or the artist just doesn't get the category, and just this, you know, this is not something I want to do. Thank you very much. That's why there's no Frank Marina. Oh. I spoke, yeah, you know, contacted Frank directly, and he just said, you know, I didn't. He's just kind of, he's just kind of shy and reclusive and didn't want to oh, Fair it. enough, man. I, yeah, I, I, and I mean, I, just, I get it, and we move on. No, I mean, same, same thing for a long time. Mm. But, uh, it's sad, Eddie. We were on and off with Eddie to do a statue two or three times over 20 years. And about three years ago, his attorney, who used to be the the lead attorney at Fender and was Mm. looking after all of Ed's stuff, called and said, you know, you've approached Ed in the past. You know, would you still consider doing a project? And we're like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, we would be interested. Uh, so we worked on it, designed it, and I mean, it's finished, but Ed passed away. Mm. And when that happened, you know, now all the businesses around Eddie Van Halen all change and they just decided, yeah, this isn't something we want to do right now. So it's, yeah, it's, I really got messy. It's, in the yeah. ball. It's, it's him 1978. <sighs> And that never say die tour where they're opening the Sabbath, and he's got the white sparkled shirt on, the yeah. white, uh, the white, uh, the white guitar, maroon pants, those white yeah. shoes, with the big, with his big rig, yeah, and the and the speaker bomb. Uh, and he's you know he's on one knee with that. Yeah, my it's, my brother saw my brother saw Maiden and Van Halen. Um, at a, a venue not far from me in North London, before Maiden was signed, I think they were just on the edge. And 
and I remember coming home and saying, oh, I've just seen these two yeah, amazing bands. Wow. Yeah. I just come back. I've just seen these two amazing bands, and I and he still got the ticket stub, right? Like seventy five p or something. You go, what? You couldn't even look at his ticket for that money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. See, it's four fifty, five fifty, and six fifty. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So when I yeah. saw Van Halen, we saw that tour, and the record, you know, has has dropped in the summer, I guess. Mm. And we all had the record, and of course. Van Halen won. It's amazing. But mm. I remember going to the show and, you know, I'm just a Sabbath and Iomi advocate. And I'm just, I'm not a guitar player. And I'm talking big shit on the way. Yeah. You're not going to hear any of that shit that you hear on the <laughs> record. That's all studio wizardry. You watch. You're going to see the metal masters. And Van Halen came out and they got about 35 minutes. When we got there, Michael Anthony, they didn't even get a sound check. Michael Anthony's like doing the sound check with the venue. Oh. <laughs> they come out and do basically play the whole out, you know, most of the album. Yeah. God damn. I mean, it was so good. It like hurt my feelings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, oh, shit. Yeah. I came, I came to see, you know, uh, Lionel Messi and the little, the, the little forward you never heard of. Suddenly he blows him out of the water. <laughs> Two goals, and I was like, yeah. what? Uh, it, was, it was good. It was like, that was too good. And I remember kind of being a little shaken by mm. how good it was, if that makes yeah. any sense at all. Well, no, it does, it does, because you, you got him right. It's like you got him right at that, at that quintessential moment, right? It's like my brother saw Metallica at the marquee. And he was saying, like, these they were just, I think they were maybe just coming out the first album. I can't remember exactly when. But he said it was just wall-to-wall mayhem, you know. He'd never heard was anything it, like it. Was, was Mustaine still with him or not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. God, I can't imagine what that would. Crazy. He said crazy. But because I'm a bass player myself, he kept saying, all, and he was his as well. He was I couldn't stop my, I can't look at Cliff. All I'm doing is looking at Cliff. Everyone else could do what they want. Cliff said, I just was mesmerized by this guy in blue, double, double blue denim, you know, headbanging one rhythm, playing another, you know. So, yeah, we, we launched our Cliff statue last year. It's one of the biggest launches we've ever had. So here's Cliff. Oh my God, he's showing a picture. He's got a statue of Cliff. Why, oh God? <laughs> wow, double denim. <laughs> With the shoes, they're pretty sharp. He, he like bought those at the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> like the cheapest, whatever. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, went to, I think that's his uh, Rye signature base. Yeah. This would have been um, this is basically what he looked like day on the green. Wow. Big show in Oakland. Which they don't mm. do that anymore. So that that venue, the Oakland Coliseum, is like 20 minutes from here. Wow. Yeah, that was Gosh. a big thing every year. It'd be nice to see that come back. Well, hopefully, you know, post-COVID, we should get all that stuff back. I can't see why it wouldn't. It is, it's full speed over here, traffic and carnage mm. and everything. Yeah, we're, we're... Yeah, I was back in, I was back in London a couple of months ago, and this was just packed, man. People were just doing whatever they want, man. There's no, none of that anymore. Oh yeah, Coachella's back, and then there's a big um, there's a big show uh, for I guess October, mm. uh, a power trip. It's the same big venue where Coachella is. Yeah, it is Metallica, 
uh, Maiden. Wow. Oh. Because like, you've got the you've got the ACDC, you know, yeah. first, and you know, from what I understand, Phil fucking Rudd gonna be on the skins, and oh. Brian Johnson, I believe it's you know, wow. as original as it can be. Of course, wow. you know, between there, but you know, Brian Johnson will, Brian Johnson will be back. Hopefully, that will, you know, they're not gonna go to that effort to gear up and do a one-off that they'll tour. I hope so. Yeah. I I I had a feeling because Power Up came, mm. uh, and and you know, and then the world shut down with COVID. Mm. I, you know, I had a feeling they were gonna tour that record, and it's yeah, never his voice. He does. He worries about his voice a lot. I know that. There's concerns. Well, I think it's about that, him. but it's also the, it's also the hearing thing. It's that thing, same thing that Pete Townsend has. I think. Oh yes. Right? And you know, where it can be painful, and you know. Mm. Uh, very, yeah. If you if you don't take care of it, like real damage. Have you ever ever done the Who by any chance? We did. We um, it ended up being just Pete and Roger because yeah. the uh, Keith Moon Estate and the Whistle Estate put their hands up and said we don't want we don't oh. want yeah statues or Sony. We got the rights from Sony, or Sony didn't have the rights sorted. At any rate, we were told it's Pete. Pete and Roger. So we did um, Pete's in the boiler suit in the middle of the windmill. windmill. Yeah. Roger's got the fringe and ripped and handsome. Yeah, yeah. I hate, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I love the who, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. He's <laughs> always so fit and everything. I'm like, God, you're supposed to be the out-of-shape rock star. You look like you're in Gold's Gym every day. Yeah, swinging the microphone around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, you know, you would have seen that, you know, either side of Woodstock. That's what they that's what they were doing. Yeah. Then, See, I was I, yeah. yeah. My brother saw them at the the the, the, the live at um Kilburn. He was, there's a live album live at Kilburn. He was at that gig, nineteen seventy seven, wow. I think he is. Because my brother we grew up in North London and all the venues around there he would go all the time and like just lucky yeah, buzz. I went to the, the first Who farewell tour in nineteen eighty five. Oh my <laughs> god. That was a farewell tour. <laughs> yeah, but to see it whistle, oh, to see it whistle live, I would have given a right nut for that. I know yeah, this was quite was, honest. Um, like, and Kenny Jones was fantastic. I know. Oh, he's a great drummer. Yeah. If, you, know, it, you can't replace Keith Moon, but he was, he was fantastic. Now they were, they were, were amazing. And of course, seen him half a dozen times since then on various yeah. farewell tours. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, that's right. We're going out with fair wedding again. Uh, okay. And I think they're out now. I think you know they got dates now. Yeah, they have. I, I mean, I'd go if they come to Australia. I go. I definitely would. I mean, I know it's only two of them left, but I'd still go. You know. Well, you know, you you would say you know without the two of them, it would be hard, right? You know, Mooney and Emerson are amazing, but like you say. You're willing to to go because it's the voice and all yeah. the, the guitar and song and all the songs. That's right. Yeah, the you DNA know. of it, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like we, you, know, like... you know, get guys. You know what? Anybody listening to the the show here? Yeah. You get a chance. Don't sleep on it because look what we just went through the last two years. We, well, this is exactly what I've said. You get taken away. Yeah. Yeah. 
I've been telling people, you can't, like, you can't, because my wife will say to me, oh, do you want to go to that gig? Oh, yeah, but you know what? Tomorrow they might be dead, and I might not see them. And, like, I never saw, I hate to tell you this, it's one of the bones of my life, but I never saw my head, right? I never saw, because I just didn't. It didn't never, the worlds never collided. And I'm like, oh, my you God. You think, oh, it's always going to be there. Always Lemmy's going to be there, you know? You saw Lem, uh right at the end, either side of Thanksgiving over here, and then he's gone on his birthday like two weeks later. Yeah. Oh, dark day. Man. So when Gary Moore died, I never sort of see Gary Moore either. It's like one of those like, what the bloody hell moments. And Gary happened, Moore's really important. That's happened to me a couple of times, but it, it's been the, uh, I actually did go to see him. So I saw Ozzy Osbourne oh, yeah, in April of 82 in Atlanta. Yeah. They go to Nashville play a show the next day yeah next day they go to florida and they're going to play a uh, you know a one-day festival and that's when the plane wreck happened so uh, two days late two days later he's gone oh my god take a shot and take a breath wow wow yeah. that's crazy and that it happened again we're going uh, i'm going to um to la zach wild is going to meet us at um photographer named Niels Lozauer. He's world famous, one of the best live photo photographers ever. All the great Van Halen and Motley Crue photos from the early days, those are all his. So we're supposed to meet him there and I'm getting up to take the plane. It's like four in the morning and I just go by the PC to check email and I see a little news blurb. Guitar shot on stage and we just lost dime. Oh God! So now I'm in the, it's the middle of the night, and I know you know Zach and Dime are super tight, and I'm like, what the hell do we, what do we do here? Uh, and I, I spoke to my wife Ashley, who's a co-founder of the company and runs all the marketing and operations. I said, what do, what do I do? And she's like, you have to go. Probably you're going to go and turn around, but if for some reason they decide, you know what, we want to work today, and you don't yeah. show up. You know, cut differently that, done that that. Yeah. yeah. So I was actually on the plane ready to go, and uh, Zach's management called and said, you know, where are you? And I said, oh, I'm on the plane. And he said, yeah, you need to you know, turn around. You know what happened. I, I, I do. I, I didn't know what to do. And they said, yeah, Zach's, Zach's already on his way to, to Dallas. So, and I had just seen Dimebag like three days before with Damage Plane. <sighs> Oh, with drowning pool. Yeah, brilliant. In a little, in a little venue next to a strip club. I mean, with five hundred people in it. They're the best, eh? That's the best. And uh, I didn't, I didn't speak with Dime. Uh, we spoke with Vinny, but the reason I bring up Zach is Zach had mentioned he was doing a project with us, and Dime had never heard about it. He's like, "What?" And then our we owned the Guitar Hero trademark at that time. He said, Guitar Hero, what the hell? You're getting, wow. I'm doing, I'm doing dot my best Southern draw now. What the <laughs> hell, Zach? <laughs> I need to have one of those before you do. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was giving shit about it. He's like, oh, man, I'll hook you up with him. So Zach was going to intro us, but that never, oh. that never happened. Yeah, it's like I had, um, offered a free ticket to go and see uh, Heaven and Hell with Dio. And I had a work, I had a job interview. So I was like, no, I can't come. Uh, I've got this interview. My friend said, it's a free ticket. I'm like, no, 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 I can't come. 
and he died dio died like a month later literally and i was like right. what the fuck? i caught everybody by surprise that he would yeah. be out and then you know he had to be very sick at that point he would have been and he was touring still which is crazy i mean there's a big trip to australia man that's a long way and he got here and i just like i didn't go it's like no no i'll see him next time <laughs> that about you know very not long after he passed away his uh one of his managers called and said would you do a dio statue and i said of course oh. but you know you guys gotta get our back because people are gonna say oh of course you're doing dio now you know where were you you know uh and i'm like and it was the same thing with dime we're like you know of course we were gonna get there we can only do so many projects a year yeah. and they no 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 we'll We'll back you, and they did. And we did two, two statues with Ronnie. Those are those are two statues that, like I say, we make the same effort on every one of them. Those are two that the result was like, eh, it was okay. I wasn't super psyched. And that that, ha that happens. It's a tricky one with him as well because you've got to have the rainbow, and then you've got the Dio, and then you've got the Sabbath. You've got to work out which which point. We did which both. You so we did. You know, when it was Blackmore's Rainbow, and he wore those jeans with the star on the side and the yeah. fringe. Yeah. And then we did the the black suit with the purple fringe, which could be Sabbath or Dio. It can be. That's right. He wore, yeah. that, he wore that kind of garb in both uh, in both bands. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. to be lucky. I got to see Sabbath uh, with Dio on Mob Rules. I didn't get oh. to see Richie Blackmore and Deep Purple is a hole in the resume. Yeah, I love Purple. I'm probably never going to get the fix because that doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I know. Purple. It, it, yeah, Ian Gillen, maybe even. I mean, do Gillen. Didn't, didn't see, did, never seen Ian Gillen. Yeah. Saw him. Yeah, I saw that's, them. That's, a, that's a hole in the resume. <laughs> yeah, I saw them. It was an amazing gig. It was. It was purple with status quo. Oh, and it was incredible. <laughs> it yeah. was incredible. Was that in the UK? You saw that? No, here in Australia. Uh, oh, shit. It was a doubleheader in my own town in Canberra, a tiny little camera. It was like <laughs> crazy. Yeah. We queued up outside to get, because my, it, I've got a lovely story. My, one of my best friends, um, his dad's like 88. He's a real hard rocker, right? Real hard. Even at 88, he's a hard rocker, right? We took him to see this doubleheader. And, and he goes, I want new autographs. I said, look, okay, well, you go home, Pat. I'll hang around. And I must have been there for five hours. It felt like forever. And they finally just waddled out into the rain, signed Pat's record for him. It was so nice. But it just like it I, seemed forever. <laughs> got it done, though. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the whole stage pass and sign stuff. Mm. Even back in the day, I didn't, because I no, was always there around. I don't want to. I don't want to say I took it for granted, but you know, yeah. I, I didn't do it. I didn't. I didn't keep the stage passes. What an oh. asshole! I can have oh. some. Yeah. I can have amazing collections. Yeah, amazing. Um, even the even the records. I mean, I played my records, you know, and they. I'd have to buy records a couple of times because they would get stepped on, yeah. beer spilled on, <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> That's what they're for, though, isn't it? They're, 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 
they're there to be played, man, and be loved. And I think that's the key, right? You know, yeah, and you know, I doodle on the album oh, cover, yeah. write your name, and just yeah, I got I got a few of those, but not not the the what not the the ones that were there in the day. I was just playing a Michael Schenkner um, live album the other day that I picked up eight, ages ago. I hadn't really got down to playing it, and someone's written the name right across the picture of Michael, and I forgot it was there. I was like, how do I get that off? <laughs> like, yeah, if you I'll buy these records, you will, you will see those kind of little love notes and things on them. Yeah. That, that that makes them cool, I think. I think it does. It adds a little bit of adds a little bit of new a little bit of history to the to the product, really, doesn't Mike, it? Yeah. Michael Shanker, MSG. Michael Shanker will happen at some point. Yeah. Oh God, man. He, well, he's back on white feet. We contacted him, and management's changed, and it's just never been the right time. But uh, yeah, him with the white and black V. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, with, the, with the hair hair pulled back and the jean jacket and stuff, that would be, that would be badass. <laughs> Michael Shanker tone still still one of my favorites. Oh yeah, yeah. I was only again. I was only listening to uh, live in Tokyo. I think it was. It was just like ah, just from the dangerous and brilliant from from, from Scorpions. Yeah. I like the Scorpions. Yeah. I, 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 again, I've not seen the Scorpions. Friends of mine have seen them a lot of times. I used to, back in the day, one of my, God, it was years ago, but my brother knew this guy, and I, I knew him vaguely, and it would see him in passing. He always come on his huge Harley bike, and I'd go, oh, yeah. And he was the Scorpions road manager. But I didn't know that till much, much further on in life, after oh. he's gone left, you know, the oh. area. And he goes, yeah, well, yeah, look, they're, he's on. Um, yeah. They're, uh, I mean, they're touring now and killing it. They they did a residency in Vegas, in the uh, the oldest uh, the oldest kids and their and their friends went with us. Mm. We had a ba- Vegas mm. weekend. Saw the Scorpions. Nice. Was, nice. I mean, they they might be bigger Scorpion fans than I. Am. <laughs> well, because I think with the Scorpions, the thing about the Scorpions is that it's not um, it's not the kind of heavy rock or heavy metal that's in. It's not aggressive. In, in the fact that it's, it's actually quite radio friendly in a lot of parts, you know. Yeah, so, it, yeah, you you can you can say that. I mean, yeah, Klaus. Of course, they can. You know, Klaus doing monster ballad is, you know, is there anything better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. I mean, he, he's had you know he had some health issues with the throat, but that got corrected, and we just saw him, and it was. There were no backing tape. That was that was Klaus Mines. It's interesting when you do see big bands that you were part of your youth and you didn't enjoy it. Like I went and saw the first time I saw Def Leppard. I'm a big. I was a. I'm not so much these days. I was a huge Def Leppard fan. Not up up, up to hysteria. I don't really like hysteria. Pre hysteria. Pre hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. Lot I'm not a big fan of hysteria. I have to tell you. My wife and my kids love it. I'm not a fan. And um, saw them. The show was amazing. I mean, it was. Cracker Jack show, right? It was supported by Heart. It was a good show. And they came out again the second time. And I was like, oh, yeah, come on. Come on. And it was just a bummer. And it was just, they just yeah. didn't want to be there. You know? Oh, that's, that's happened. Mm. The first time I saw Aerosmith. Oh, yeah, I saw Aerosmith several times. Nazareth and Aerosmith, and the sound wasn't good, and the, the yeah. band were, substance had taken hold, and yeah. no Greeno. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw them at, um, I have to say, it's a bit of a bit of embarrassment. I saw them at um, Donington, but I'd fallen asleep 
Too many jobs. Yeah. <laughs> when I, my mate's nudging me, quick, Aerosmith's on. It was a loving an ele- elevator period. Yeah. So I wake up, I wake up, and there's what's his name? He's doing spiral, he's doing flips on the stage, right? Steve Tyler. I'm like, aren't you like 70? He was, <laughs> he's flipping around. Oh, man. So that was like one of the biggest disappointments because I really like Aerosmith. Um, so that, um, that tour, that record there, you know, dude looks like a lady and all that. Yeah. Um, my dad uh, calls and he, he uh, calls and says, hey, I need a favor. And we had played hockey late into the night and went out drinking after it. So he's waking me up at like one or two in the afternoon. And hey, dad, what's up? And, my dad and I, you know, we were close, but if he called, he needed something. He, he, mm. he, didn't, he wasn't the call to check in. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Sounds like my oh, dad. Yeah. Hey, dad. Well, um, hey, I need a favor. Okay. I need you to take your sister to uh, a show, a rock show tonight. Uh, okay. Uh, who is it? Where is it? Is it? It's at the Capitol Center, which is the big uh, hockey arena, 20,000 yeah. seats. Uh, okay, who's the band? He said it's Skid Row. I'm like, Ooh. damn, Skid Row. That's you know their first record. I'm like, shit, they're already doing arenas. That's really, that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so that's like, okay, now what? So I need a. I got two tickets for you. You got to pick up, take her friends, just you know, look after them. You know, my yeah. sister's twelve or something. Yeah. And uh, so I'm like, well, I need a wingman it's a little too late to get a date so i just called my high school buddies is timmy you know i need wingman we got to take my sister to uh to see uh joe at the capital center tonight like skid row and i'm like yeah skid row and he's like dude aerosmith's at capital center tonight skid row was the opener but my sister wanted to go see my dad didn't know he just said she wants to go see skid row so it's like, oh, holy okay. shit, we're going to see Aerosmith. So my dad apologizes. So the, the theater managers were all friends and would comp yeah. each other, you know, house seats. Yeah. You know, He's like, I don't think, I couldn't really, I couldn't get house seats. The band might have your seats. You, your seats probably going to suck, but just, you know, take one for the team here. And I'm like, of course. I had the amazing childhood I had. I wasn't going to yeah. say anything other than yes, yeah. So we go, and my sister has nice seats and everything, but I I get the seats, and it's section one, row one, seat one oh. and two. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, these are good. These are actually too good. I'm a little embarrassed to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, is where, this is where the hot women are supposed to sit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you uh, can't hear them because the sound bit that close, the sound would be pretty intense. But it was... But I mean, now they're they're Aerosmith, and it was you know it went from like one of the most disappointing things I ever saw to like one of the best things. Oh, amazing! Yeah. They were just fantastic. Yeah, and that's like some bands just don't let you down. Like Maiden never lets me down. I've never seen the only time I've ever been disappointed with Maiden was the sound in the venue, and it wasn't the band's fault. It's just the venue. Yeah, sound. yeah, yeah. yeah. The Aerosmith. Time, it was a combination of things, but it wasn't. This is. Like they when just, the, they were phoning in uh, the first time, and they their band's yeah. not 
liking each other that yeah. era. I had that with Metallica. Uh, saw Metallica several times, and the last time I saw them was at Soundwave here in Australia, a talk uh, festival. And my wife had never seen them, and she was really excited. Oh yeah, this! And it was literally they were an hour late. They didn't want to be there. They didn't talk to the audience. They went straight into Orion. It was like okay, and it was like oh, we're gonna do all the deaf magnetic stuff now. And it was like oh, all right, okay. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't good. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, it was accommodation. I mean, these guys are, are professionals and very good at what they do. It was just happened to be a moment. And I was like, and my wife went, we could be over there watching Paramore. I'm like, no. We... It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. These things happen. Well, we're coming to the end, my friend. Thank you for the chat. It's been Thank pretty exciting. Thank you very much. It was a, always a pleasure. I mean, we're so... We're in this nuclear silo here. We're so busy just making the next thing and moving on. We don't, you know, we don't get out to shows as much. And we certainly, you know, just to go down to the pub and shoot shit about music, we certainly don't get to do that very much. So it's no, always... and, and 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 that isn't that the part, the best part of it, as sort of nerd, nerdery of it. Like you know, it's just the chatting. I mean, your your stories are so amazing. You could write a book quite easily, and I would buy it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, no. you know. Just, just the, just the, growing up in that, I envious, you know, that that nucleus of rock and roll yeah, in that yeah. point. I mean, like I say, yeah. I, I definitely appreciated it. Yeah. But you know, it's amazing what you kind of get used to, right? Well, this is, you know, just hanging out backstage. Yeah. Just doesn't yeah. everybody. Okay. <laughs> um, I still go. I mean, I go to this little venue in Canberra here. It's called the Basement. It's my favorite venue in all the world. It's dark, it's sticky floors, you know, it's noisy, it's uh, it's just, it's fantastic, right? And whenever the I go back to chat to the bands, I always still feel like a 15-year-old. You know, they go, oh, we're going back, to, oh, I'm going back, to, you know, it, you get yeah, this sort of giddiness. I'm careful with that anymore, you know, it, unless, if, you know, if a performer or band is really interested in what we're doing, great. But we, yeah. that's not something that we, when I go to, to a show, you know, I actually, we, We'll, we'll kind of try to avoid that because I just want to go. That's to right. The show, right. If we got to meet yeah. and do some business, and it's like, yeah, oh, this is. Yeah. That's why I don't do gig reviews. I've been asked, do, do you do gig reviews? I said, no, because I won't be in the moment. I'll be having yeah. to think about it. <laughs> I'm making notes instead of just yeah. watching yeah. the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then all, all you have to lie when you try and think about it, I, you know, retrospectively, it's like, no, no, I just, no, not, not for me, you know. Well, I've got a bunch of wacky, wacky stories for sure. Mm. They're not, they're not always, they're not always rock, but doesn't matter. You should put them in a book, my friend. Amazing time. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, well, it was nice chatting with you. Um, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Really, really do. Hope you, uh, hope you have a really busy few weeks coming up for this cool. uh, the new 20th anniversary and so on. It'd be fantastic for you. So. Right. Best of down under. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye, mate. Okay, bye.
even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.